0: Hello, hello, my friends. Welcome to another episode of Smoking and Toasting. This is show number 58, the program that's all about craft beer, fine spirits, and hand-rolled oh cigars. God. And I like hanging out with you, my friend, but it seems like we just did this, didn't we? Yeah, not only that, but we went <laughs>
1: and had a cigar last night after I know. our show,
0: too. <laughs> you know, what
1: happened was we
0: usually do this every week. We We skipped a week a couple of weeks ago, and I think we were just... Like jonesing for some hang time. I think that's okay. I I think it's good. Well, we uh, we did a a super fun show yesterday with the Buffalo Trace guys at uh, B&B. And so uh, we don't normally do shows on back-to-back days. However, we had to today because I'm so, like, freaking excited about our guest and what we'll be talking about on the program today. We are going to be welcoming... Trevor, who is one of the brewmasters, I don't know if he's the brewmaster or one of, I'll ask that question, but he's a brewmaster from the Lone Pint Brewery in Magnolia, and I've said this on the show before, I'll say it again, as far as I'm concerned, there is no better beer available in retail today than the Lone Pint Yellow Rose. That is just a fantastic
1: IPA. I I know I'm
0: the IPA guy,
1: (laughs) but but you like it, too, though. I do, I do. I think it's a fantastic beer. Um... It's uh, it's one of the best IPAs that I've had. It's incredibly balanced. It's mm-hmm. Delicious from front to back. Doesn't leave me feeling like I just chewed up a pine cone, which is one of my favorite things. You know, mm-hmm. you get some malt uh, profile on the front it's of the got flavor, a little, got a little and citrus to it. Yeah. it. It just
0: is so well balanced, and it's so drinkable, and yet it's like it's not like one of those you know more watered down type. Uh, you know what I mean. In order to be some, some of them feel almost like in order to be sessionable, they've they've kind of watered down the flavor a little bit. Not so with uh, with Yellow Rose. So that's our that's our Yellow Rose review reminder because we've already had the beer on the show yes, and talked we have. about it a yes, lot. And my understanding is that Trevor did not bring Yellow Rose today. That he brought all stuff that we may or may not have tasted from the Lone Pine line. So. Uh, so this is just a good. time. We're just going to bring him in on the first segment, uh, Trevor from Yellow Rose, uh, at, from Lone Pine. I, I always, I always juxtapose your brewery and and the beer because I, uh, I just I, I put the two together so much in my mind. But from Lone Pine, welcome.
2: Thank you, thank you. I'm happy to be here. So tell
0: me, are you the brewmaster? Are there a, a series of brewmasters, one or two?
2: I am no I am a brewmaster I guess you' would call me but I am no longer I do no longer don't brew the beer anymore so okay. uh, for the first year and a half uh, my sister and I we started the brewery for the first year and a half uh, I brewed the beer exclusively uh, and I also had another job so uh, I spent a lot of time there spent a lot of time my other job and it didn't seem me have a family I have three boys and a wife and uh, so there was a lot of a lot of strain there so after a year and a half I had to let something go. And I let the family go. No, I'm just kidding. So I let the I let the I let the brewery go. And so now uh, my brother-in-law actually is the brewmaster there at the, at uh, he his name is Blake, and uh, another a gentleman named Graham are the brewmasters at uh, at the brewery, and uh, they they do all the day-to-day operations. And I just manage the company and grow the company at this point.
0: So you started as the brewmaster, kind of handed that off. Was that a tough thing to do? Was that kind of like handing off your baby a little yeah, bit
2: extremely extremely i mean i miss it i miss it dearly i mean it's 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 glamorous work everyone that comes in there that home brews they say oh i'd love to open a brewery i'd love to do this I'd love to do that but one thing they don't understand oh, is it's it's a lot of hard lot. work yeah. and there's, no there's a lot of heat there's dangerous chemicals around you you can get hurt you can slip you can fall uh, it's all happened to us so it's it's a dangerous hard-working environment real men type place no offense to the pink boot ladies but uh <laughs> it's, it's a tough work environment so yes i do miss it um i once in a while you know if someone needs to go on vacation i'll fill in but uh besides that i really i really am just the the help desk that's what's on my card at this point so if a <laughs> pump blows up or kegging machine quits working you know i'm the guy they call to fix it at this point
1: point. and
0: you were scrambling there are we okay
1: yeah, yeah, I had to get the Facebook Live up and running again. okay, okay. So well. It didn't seem to want to engage for some reason, but I think we're all good right now. Greetings, Facebook Live. So we do the show, uh, obviously, as a
0: podcast. It airs on Radio Brave. Uh, it's available on the TuneIn platform, one of the easiest and best ways to listen to the show, but you can also get it through iTunes and Google Play and SoundCloud. Uh, but we also now are doing uh, every show on YouTube. On our rapidly growing uh, YouTube channel, so if you are uh, watching on Facebook Live, uh, terrific and welcome. If you can't watch on Facebook Live as the show happens, the whole thing will be posted on our YouTube channel, and you can uh, you can check it out as we go. So, uh, so we're just trying to try to make it as easy as possible for people to find us because we have great guests like Trevor from uh, from Lone Pine. So, you started this as the Brewmaster. Was this the evolution? of home brewing for you? Were you doing it in the garage and then decided, wow, this is good. I got to I gotta go out there and sell it?
2: Well, yes, essentially. Uh, where it all started for me was uh, in college. So I went to college in Pennsylvania and uh, there's very strict laws there with regard to acquiring alcohol at a younger age. My fake ID didn't work. <laughs> we didn't know any upperclassmen because I came from out of state, from Texas. So, uh, so my roommates and I, we would drive to Toronto. Uh, you could drink. 18, you could drink in Canada. So uh, I got my first taste of craft beer in Canada in 1993, was uh, a nut brown ale. Next day, walking around downtown Toronto, bought the brewing kit, made the first beer in the dorm. Uh, <laughs> it tasted like nail polish remover. I remember it was <laughs> horrible, but we all drank it because you know we were underage and we you couldn't made it, yeah. exactly. So it just evolved from there. Uh, made some pretty tasty beers in college. Graduated college, made some more tasty beers, and then kind of got away from it for a while. Devoted time to family and career. Uh, engineering in the oil field is what it turned into. Um, after a while for that, my love of beer was still there. And so uh, talking to my sister and I and our spouses, we just decided, hey, let's let's open a brewery. So we built a 20-gallon system in my garage. We lived in Clear Lake at the time and brewed 20 gallons nearly every weekend. We would uh, donate 15 gallons of it to... Uh, people like the Houston Hash house, Harriers, house uh, different different clubs that would right. drink beer as our sampling audience. And uh, so we brewed lots of beer for many years, almost opened in 20, 2009. Uh, but due to a hop shortage, we had to delay till 2012.
0: Was it called Lone Pine at the time, or did that name come later?
2: No, we actually registered the LLC in the garage.
0: Okay. Mm-hmm. That's really cool. So you were producing well, how many gallons a, a weekend? 20 gallons. 20 gallons a weekend. So when, when was it then that you decided, okay, we're going to ramp it up and, and really try to distribute this out there?
2: So yeah, so eventually we, in 2011, we decided let now let's make the jump, and we moved to Magnolia, um, many reasons for that, but uh, it was a good fit for us. So we moved to Magnolia, found a place, signed a lease in 2011 or 2012, January of 2012. It is a bit of change from Toronto. <laughs> for sure, for sure, I'd say yeah, yeah. much better. <laughs> well, yeah, I
0: I can only imagine that a place like that is kind of conducive to starting, you know, and or or it wasn't necessarily where Lone Pine started, but where where it sort of took that next jump and you really started the business, I guess, of uh, of Lone Pine.
2: Sure, sure. It's it's a small town. It's good for raising a family. Lots of trees no brewery around so we didn't have to worry about other i mean not that you would but uh, usually one brewery for a small town is is pretty good because magnolia is not a huge town and uh and we got a lot of support from the city council from the community one of the city council members actually contacted me and helped me find our building that we're in now uh and they're very excited about an up-and-coming beer garden that we're trying to build so uh it's been a really good place for us
0: well that that is just terrific well um was Yellow Rose how far along in the uh, in the uh, the evolution of Lone Pine did that IPA when when did that come out
2: so that came out approximately i want to say 6 probably 5 months after we shipped our first beer okay in the garage we had honed all of our recipes that we make pretty much today except for Yellow Rose and the way that came about was there's so many new hops on the market that I contacted one of our hop vendors, and uh, she said that she had this bale of yellow, of mosaic sitting sitting in the corner. A couple of bales. Do I want them? And I said, Well, what is? This? I never heard of mosaic. She said, Yeah, it's a new hop, you know, because we she knows we use whole leaf, whole cone hops, and right. a lot of most breweries don't. And so she had a couple of bales of these fifty pound bales just sitting sitting around that no one needed or could use, and it was such a new hop. We took it. I'm like. Created a recipe that would just be a hop forward beer. Just give us, let's see what this hop really is. Very little maltiness to it. Clean IPA kind of profile, and uh, we, just, we just we got a lucky, hit a winner. I think. <laughs>
1: wow, that's I, a brilliant beer.
0: I can only imagine that first <laughs> tasting where you go, oh, oh, oh my! Right, yeah, I mean, that's, we got that's one the thing right. We there. got one, yeah. <laughs> Although I would guess, I, I mean, that would have to be one of the toughest things I think in doing what you do is your palates going to become um, you know maybe more experienced than the average beer consumers might be so you might taste something that that you've created and gone wow this is one of the best things I've ever tasted but it might actually be a little past the the mass audience I guess not that every beer has to be for the mass audience but you know what I mean I, I could see something that would taste good to someone who's really spent a lot of time tasting and enjoying and understanding beer that might might just be some people might not be quite there with it yet.
2: You know what I mean? Sure, sure. Uh, it's funny we call it the gateway IPA because there's so many people we've met at festivals. We're IPA people. We make IPAs. That's mostly what we make. And when we're at a festival, they'll come up and they'll they'll say, "Hey, what kind of beers do you have?" And we'll say, "We've got three different IPAs." And they'll just start walking away. And uh, we'll say, "Well, hold on, just try this one. It's right. Yellow Rose." <laughs> And I would say nine out of ten times they would try it. They would say, yeah, I like that. I'll take that. And yeah. so we'll we'll give them a full sample then. It's because it's, I guess, it's it's got the aspects of fruitiness. It has enough hoppiness and not too much bitterness to where it'll bring people to the IPA, IPA fold. But the real deal guys that like their, you know, double IPAs. that just would rip your tongue out. Yeah. It's, it's <laughs> not for them for sure. It's right. more of a light beer in that category.
0: Well, I uh, I can tell you there's just something about the balance that that you just hit that and so i'm excited uh we're gonna in the next couple of segments here uh be sampling some more of your uh, some more of your wares tell me what uh, what we'll be sampling today
2: so today i brought uh, i remember what i poured uh I brought <laughs> our newest xythof file it's a uh, made with mandarina bavaria single hop ipa uh, i brought undead head ed which is our ghost chili porter uh nice. it's made with ghost chilies and it's a robust porter it's the only recipe that's not mine that we make. It's from uh, one of our friends and probably the best home brewer I've ever met, Ed Condon. He uh, lives up near the brewery. I brought Jabberwocky, our double IPA, which uh, we're about to come out release bottles of. Finally, get something else on the shelves. And, uh, and the last one I brought was our, our, one of our fall seasonals. It's, uh, it's a braggot called and Nice. Nice. Well, looking forward to tasting all of these,
0: and uh, we've got to take a quick break. We're also going to come back. We're uh, broadcasting from the New Potato, and so we're going to have some uh, cocktails made specially for us by the New Potato as well. So more on that when we come back. It's uh, smoking and toasting, and thank you for listening. Awesome. Welcome back. It's smoking and Toastin'. And this is the program that is all about fine spirits, craft beer, and hand-rolled cigars. We are brought to you by B&B Butchers and Restaurant at 1814 Washington Ave in Houston. They are our sponsors. They're a great place to drink and smoke and, of course, probably the number one place in the world to eat bacon. That place is so delicious. <laughs> it, it, all, <laughs> I mean, all the food is good. The, the steaks, the uh, seafood is great, but that bacon is... Just unequaled. So, uh, a big shout out to uh, Jeremiah, our buddy there, who is uh, uh, still recovering, I think, from, <laughs> from yesterday's, yesterday. yesterday's show <laughs> and his day off. Uh, we're live at uh, another of our favorite spots in the greater Houston area. Uh, we're at the New Potato, and this is actually like this is a big hang for you, right?
1: Yeah, this is pretty close to the house. I like the place, I like the people here. Uh, We've got Matt over here who makes some of the most brilliant mixed drinks that I know of. He's a bartender here. Well, Matt, say hi. Hi, guys. There you go. <laughs> nice that was almost to the, the order, NPR eye. <laughs> <hi>. Yeah. <laughs> N-
0: we call that the NPR lean, where you just kind of lean in towards the mic and go,
1: hello. <laughs> <laughs> so I actually asked him to come out while we did the show because, you know, we usually uh, review a, a liquor uh, right, or a spirit some sort. of yeah. some sort. And uh, I figured, you know what, what would be more cool than having him come out and mix us some uh, some of his uh, fantastic mixed drinks. Like, his old-fashioned, I think, is pretty much second to none. So that's well, what we're going to start with. That's what with we have today. here. So
0: let's just, let's just open with that, and then we'll start on some... Then we'll, start then we'll some, drill them
1: with questions. Uh, well,
0: yes, and then we'll move <laughs> towards some amazing uh, craft beer. So, um, so the old-fashioned, what,
3: I mean... Remind me now how an old-fashioned is made. What do you put into this? So, believe it or not, there's actually many different schools of thought on the recipe for an old-fashioned. Well,
0: I like your school. I can tell you from just taking the first sip. (laughs) Wow. Thank you very
3: much. That's great. Um, The old-fashioned is kind of uh, the first cocktail I got known for here at the New Potato. Um, People kind of latched onto it and went crazy. And so I make a lot of Mm
1: old-fashioned. That's because Mm -hmm. it tastes like that, by the way. Mm -hmm. This tastes fantastic.
0: (laughs) Seriously, Um, it's got such a great... um, Sort of like a complex mixture of flavors in it. And so
3: often in cocktails, you taste the two flavors or the three flavors. Right.
0: And boy, I, I'm, I'm five or six, I'm almost pulling out of here. So
3: when I make a cocktail, I look for complexity and balance. Yes. Um, depending on where you go and what you have, your old fashioned will be sweet. Or overly boozy, I look to shoot somewhere in the middle. I think that's the most accessible way. Uh, This is how I make my old fashions at home. So you start with Angostura bitters, sugar, and whiskey. That is the core of an old Mm fashioned. So I use a turbinado syrup that's uh, basically sugar in the raw um, to to sweeten my drink. Um, I use rye whiskey. I go with bullet rye um, with the amount of sugar I put into it using a bourbon would be far too sweet for my palate. I don't yeah. like sweet. That's why I look for balance. I go balance or dry, not sweet. <laughs> so I'm trying to hit that marker.
0: I think that's one of the reasons that I like this so much. Old-fashioned something I order
1: from time to time. And the ones I like the best are always the ones that are not quite so sweet. Well, you know, sweet. if you watch him make this, it's an interesting process too. But I have to ask at the end, you always take uh, the orange zest And you always take a match to the orange zest before you put it in the glass.
3: So lots of times what you'll see in bars is they'll take a whole hunk of orange and put it in the bottom of the glass and then muddle it, break it up with like Mm -hmm. a bright red maraschino cherry. Um, I take the different approach. The other school of thought is you just take the orange zest, a sliver of the peel, and then you express it in the glass. You squeeze it so that the orange oils, the essence, all flies out of that and into your cocktail. You don't need the whole pulp of the fruit like that's just a mess and it's going to muddy your drink you just use the zest to get that citrus flavor and there's plenty of citrus in there just from doing that i express it over a match you get a bright flash of flame as those oils hit the the flame of the match and um you know everybody loves the smell of burning sulfur everybody loves that (laughs) smell Uh, it makes a neat little show it does caramelize some of those sugars in the orange zest um, and that just kind of tops off the drink. Well, and just the one piece of zest. There's plenty of orange
1: uh, flavor in this. Absolutely, exclusive.
0: I would have guessed it was mostly for show, sort of like yeah. a Tom Cruise in the movie talk- cocktail kind of right. uh, move. But it really, it really does accomplish something yeah. that relates to the flavor of the, of the cocktail.
3: Absolutely, wow, well, um, that's really good. And then we garnish with our, uh, our house-made cocktail cherries. I make those here. Um, you know, Luxardo is the brand name in cocktail cherries. Or you'll see the bright red maraschinos, which, I mean, technically that's a food product. Those are dyed and they're bleached and then dyed <laughs> right, cherries. Right. Um, and I, I always go for the approach of whole food products. I want to make a quality drink. So mm-hmm. I make them in-house. Uh, it's more cost-effective and I can make them. I control the process on those.
2: It's great, Trevor. You were going to say something. Well, I was just saying the nose is fantastic on the on this drink, just from that orange yes. citrus right there.
0: Yeah, you get such a great first impression of it when you are, you know, just first bringing the glass up to your mouth and yeah. you take that first sort of sniff. Really, really wonderful. And you know what? Pairs very nicely with a uh, cigar. You always have to be uh, careful with drinks. I think that have a higher amount of sugar in them and cigars, although. Some stuff is great. It really just it really just depends. But sometimes, if you get too too sort of sickly sweet in there, it can it can really kind of ruin the cigar uh, flavor for you. But this matches up very nicely. Well,
1: this is this is one of my favorite uh, old fashions in town. Um, I thought at other places I'd had pretty good ones until I came here. And they had a uh, they had a, a board on the inside, a chalkboard on the inside, where they write all the newest stuff. And they're like, "Hey, you got to try Matt's old fashioned." And I said, "Sign me up for that." And I couldn't believe it when I tried it. I was, this is such a good drink. And, uh, I, you know, my wife likes a lot of mixed drinks as well. So when we come up here, she'll go through the list. They have a whole menu. And she'll go through the list. And are all the uh, artisanal uh, mixed drinks, I guess, if you will, are all well-crafted or however you'd like to put it. I said earlier mixology, and you said bartender. I'm a bartender.
3: I'm a guy who likes to make I, good drinks well. Now, That's I it. That's my that. motto. I really do. Like, um.
1: some
0: of the... Some of the you know mixology things, or I've I've even seen other names for yeah. uh, bartenders, and it just always feels a, a little pretentious.
3: Yeah, that's I w- absolutely right. I want a right.
0: bartender. I want a guy who knows, or a girl who knows how to tend bar, and that means making great cocktails, keeping the beer cold, and keeping that uh, that beer list. Uh, you know, really fresh and really updated. Don't forget the snarky conversation. And snarky conversation is actually a big part of it. So, okay, so I am loving. So, Trevor just brought out of his uh, out of his cooler here. Is is that your version of a growler? Is that what that is, or is that a, just a really interesting uh, a, a beer uh, glass?
2: Now that's uh, that's our growler that our sales team uses to sample beers that's to the great. world because currently we only bottle one beer, so uh, that's what they have to use. We also sell these at the brewery. Unfortunately, we can't fill them, though, because we're still a package brewery. We're not a, a brew pub license or anything like right. that. So, so, so it's a-
0: Trevor Brown is here from uh, the Lone Pine Brewery. Trevor started the brewery. He's the guy that brought us these this amazing IPA that we uh, know and love, uh, the uh, Lone Pine Yellow Rose. And you guys have gone on to brew and blend quite a, other, uh, quite a few other uh, beers. I try to sample anyone I can get my hands on because... The quality's been so consistently good on everything that I've tried, and the flavors are so good. We mentioned earlier the um, the pairing of a cigar with the old-fashioned and how that works. And one of the first things that I loved about Yellow Rose when I tried it the first time is it did not interfere with the cigar. And as much as I love IPAs and I love hoppy beers, sometimes that hops, we talk about this a lot on the show, just brings a certain bitterness to
1: the cigar when you're smoking i it. think that has and a lot to do with the malt profile balance too
0: i think so but yellow rose did not do that and uh at least for me it's a it's a beer that i can have right alongside a cigar it complements and pairs really really well so i don't know if uh, if all of your things will be that i have I haven't tried your your double so it'll be interesting interesting to see now we've just poured a uh uh much darker in color than the yellow rose what is this one
2: so this one's our, we do this every year in the autumn for, uh, well, in Texas it's not, it's still, it's still warm, but, uh, for the, as the fall season hits us, it's our Braggot. It's a medieval style beer, uh, it's basically a mead hybrid with, uh, ale. So. A mead uh, and ale hybrid? Yeah, that, so. That's this pretty delicious. Unusual, right? Well, yeah, there's very few breweries that brew it. Uh, it's 850 pounds of honey, 825 pounds of malt, so there's all your fermentables. I actually drive yeah. up to Livingston and buy the honey myself with one of our vans uh, from a local honey, well, any honey? place, Rudy's Honey, up there <laughs> so, in, Lake, in the near Livingston.
1: Being as we're here in Texas, and it's pretty warm outside, it's like mm, low 90s, I think, yeah, or something like that. it's September, and it's still warm. For us, yeah. it's not all that hot, but we yeah. are sweating a little bit. This, um, even, even though it has a pretty big mouthfeel to it, this is a crisp and delicious and refreshing drink right here.
2: Ah, thanks, I appreciate that. We use uh what we use as a finishing hop is Eldorado, which is has a large, a lot of orange character yeah. to it. Uh,
1: which, by the way, ties it right back into the old fashioned, like flavor wise, it all tastes Absolutely. so good together.
0: It really does. And I will just say that as somebody who's been at you know a few people's houses and parties where they're just absolute crazy meat enthusiasts, and they want you to try all this mead, and I've I've sampled plenty, I've enjoyed it. But it never became something I would put into my personal rotation because it just struck me as just a little sweeter, you know, a little syrupier than what I wanted for my everyday drinking. That's not the case with this at all. The nose on this is really
1: interesting, too, especially after you taste it and you realize that the flavors in the nose are almost identical. Like, they... Are almost the exact same thing. It's like when you smell this, you're getting exactly what you expect on the first sip, and then it finishes nice and clean and crisp. Am I uh, over-shooting to say that this tastes like it could be
0: a cousin to Yellow Rose? There's something about it that pulls up that same sort of citrus on the finish, maybe?
2: No. There's no similar ingredients at all in any of this. uh, The only thing similar is our yeast strain.
0: Wow. Well, it... It's absolutely refreshing. We got to take a break. We're going to come right back. I'm going to enjoy more of this during the break, and then we have uh, a number of other things that you brought along. But this is wow! What a what a great opener. That's fantastic. We'll you. be back at Smoking and Toasting, and uh, we appreciate you listening. Thank you.
3: On the beach in. A-
0: Welcome back to Smoking and Toastin'. This is show number 58, and we are live at the New Potato in cheers. Houston. Yes, cheers. Um, we have uh, Trevor Brown, who is our special guest. He is from, i got to say, what I consider to be one of the finest uh, microbreweries or craft breweries in the country. The uh, Lone Pine Brewery in Magnolia. I love everything I've tasted from this brewery, including what we just had, which was the... Uh, the the mead and ale and tell me the official name of this again and where we can where should we look for this
2: uh well you can go to our website to see some where we where we sell our wares but uh it really depends on which which establishment purchases it because we only we only made 40 kegs of it so right it's not everywhere but the name of it is a and Aquire hip and it's a braggart. it's okay. uh Native American Comanche, text Comanche, for mm-hmm. man whose erection will not go down. That's the direct <laughs> translation. For that's it. But, great. Uh, and but I'm
0: beginning to understand that the yeah. reason
2: we chose that is because he was uh, he was the war chief of the Honey Eater tribe. So they were known to, to eat a lot of honey. And so that's why we chose them. So much comedy right there. <laughs> so much comedy. <laughs> like I totally
0: want to go off on that tangent. Uh, well, I will just say uh, it's fantastic and it's worth seeking out. So. I just want to make sure I'm, I'm clear on this. The only beer currently that you have bottled and shipped to stores is Yellow Rose. Is that right?
2: In four packs, correct. In but four packs, yeah. on our old bottling machine, which a lot of the guys went office space on afterwards because it, it was it was a really hard machine to work on. Uh, we mm-hmm. would bottle in bombers, mm-hmm. so we did most everything in very limited quantities. But now that we have a a real bottling machine, we're bottling you know 600 cases a week. It's all Yellow Rose at this point, but we're finishing the packaging up. We're going to debut Yellow Rose, Gentleman's Relation 667, next month. Nice. So I was going to
0: ask you about that, uh, that bottling change. here. This was my experience with, with Yellow Rose. I first tried it on tap and uh, loved it and then found it maybe one other place on tap, got excited. I was like, okay, this is, this is spreading, and then found it in the bomber and got really excited and every time I would find it, I would buy every bottle that they had in stock, which was usually not that many and Then it went through this s- space and time where you couldn 't find it anywhere. It was just like out of stock everywhere and then it came back, and when it came back, you had changed to these newer different uh, different bottles so i 'm guessing that's the change you were the talking four about here your, your bottling machine correct correct the yeah. Packs, yeah. Yeah.
2: yeah the. The bottling we weren't able to afford a real bottling machine at first, so we had to we had to get one that just filled two bombers at one time. Yeah, it's uh, all we could afford. Wow, and uh, we wasted a lot of beer because it's a horrible machine. But, that's uh, laborious. That's that sounds... yeah. So bombers. <laughs> so uh, we didn't put, we didn't put too much beer out, but it got us out there to that secondary marketplace in right. the retail stores. Which helped our tap sales indirectly. So, absolutely, which allowed us to now save up and afford the new bottling line, which we have now. Now we're in four packs. They're well, half remember, liter four packs.
1: I remember walking in here when he was saying, "Hey, if you see that stuff, let me know because it's hard to find right now." Like I used to be able to find now, I can't find it. I remember walking in here and taking a picture of the tap wall because they had it in here. And um, I don't know if you've been here or if you have a rep that comes by and, and uh, helps out, but. Uh, you were one of the first places I've seen that actually... This was one of the first places I've seen that actually had The new potato. Yeah, that's right. We, uh, we
3: always have Yellow Rose on tap. That's a mainstay of our tap wall. It doesn't rotate off. Many of our beers we rotate through. We'll get a keg. Once it sells, it's gone. We'll pick up something new, try it out. Yellow Rose is a consistent seller for us, and so it is always on our tap wall. So yeah. I'm thrilled
0: to hear that because <laughs> one of the things that I do is I terrorize the bar staff at places that... <laughs> Had yellow rose,
1: yeah, and then they <laughs> and then change it they out don't. for
0: something else. Like, which I understand, right. totally understand why bars would do that. But I will go and I will say, uh, yes, I like a lone pint yellow rose, even though I know it's not still on their menu. Oh, and you're I'll that go, guy. Okay. Oh, yeah, oh, yeah, I totally am. <laughs> and I'll, and they'll go, oh, we don't have that anymore. I'll go, well, what do you have? And then so I'll try whatever they suggest, and unless I enjoy it more, which I generally don't, uh, I will say to them. You know, not for nothing, but could you pass this message on to whoever curates your taps? Mm. I, I'm a guy who comes here all the time. This is good, but it's not as good as that. And I won't be back as often unless you...
3: I, I am. I'm that guy. Is that?
0: But is that a bad thing? No, like, no. You're, I mean, you like
3: what you like, and there's that. nothing wrong with that. Um, I'm never here to poo-poo on anyone's beer <laughs> choice or, or, or beverage choice. And, uh, you know, I'm a, I'm a beer drinker myself. I've been part of the craft community for a number of years now. And uh, I I love Yellow Rose. I think it's the best IPA in Texas, personally.
1: Um, So until the Yellow Rose came out, my absolute favorite, just regular drinking IPA is is the uh, Two Hearted Ale, which just become yeah, which just became became available available in Texas. Right? They hit the Texas market back in March. Like I put those back to back. and the Yellow Rose is a bigger, fuller flavor uh, beer in general. um, But it's hard for me to even choose one or the other because it's like. They're both so good, right? With the
3: IPAs, you have just a very wide spectrum of flavors that you can get in there, and I, I think um, both Yellow Rose and Two-Hearted are excellent IPAs, but I would say they're wildly different as far as flavor profile. Yeah, yeah.
1: Bef- but but I go for is it good? Like right. that's the deal. Like I'm not looking for a specific <laughs> profile. I just want it to be good. I want it to be Is balanced. it good? Yeah.
0: What, what are we having here? You. Know, uh, I, I'm sorry. I, I just want to. Before we move on to this, I just want to ask one more question about the Yellow Rose. Bottles, because I've never bought any beer until Yellow Rose in a bottle that exact size and uh, and that that holds that exact amount of fluid that I know of or have I? Like, am I am I missing it? Because it's not a bomber, but it's bigger than your traditional. You, you buy them in the four packs of these sure. bigger bottles, bigger than your traditional sort of twelve ounce, sixteen ounce bottle of beer.
2: Sure. Well, we we don't want to just conform and. And put it in a six-pack on the shelf. I mean, right. it's it's it sounds sounds great, but we like to do things a little differently. So, uh, and I'm gonna try not to be a dictator at the brewery. So, <laughs> what I did was I selected six bottles, which I thought were pretty pretty awesome. Mm-hmm. Uh, all of them half-liter bottles. So you're you're saying it's weird because on the on the label we actually put sixteen point nine fluid ounces, which mm-hmm. is a strange size because it's a, but it's a metric bottle. So. 500 milliliters So it's a half liter bottle And so I just Presented it to everyone At the brewery And I said Let's vote on it And honestly they The one I wanted They didn't pick So <laughs> This one won This was my second Second choice But uh, the only time I've ever seen This bottle used Was an old brewery Called Royal Oak Out of the UK Back in the nine, late 90s, oh, I, remember, wow. I remember seeing this beer. I haven't seen it since, so I can't believe they still make it. But it really fits uh, fits nicely. It's it does nice have compact. a
1: good feel in the hand, too. like It's, it's a real solid feel. It's a behind. sleek and sexy bottle, yeah. that's
0: for sure. But what I uh, what I find interesting about it uh, uh, is that when I open one up at home and I pour it into a uh, uh, frosty glass, which is how I like my IPA. I know you're supposed to drink them a little warmer, but that's how I drink them. And I pour it into a frosty glass... And I have to sort of guesstimate that halfway point because it will overfill my frosty glass if I try to pour the whole thing. But if I but if I fill my glass, then there's not quite enough left for that next glass. So it becomes this little this little uh, we'll game see, that I go through. See, if However, you have
2: a lone pint <laughs> of fish, you can buy it from the website or come yes? to the brewery, we'll give you one. It's a twenty ounce I just went imperial out to pint, okay, fits perfectly. Each bottle fits perfectly into that. It has the little bubble on the side? Yes. You catch it. I was just about to that's, say. Uh, I do have. That's, that's my glass of choice. I do have
0: one larger uh, pint glass, which I was referring to as a British pint glass. I don't know if that's correct or not, but that will actually hold the entire yes. bottle. Yes.
2: So. Imperial pint, yes. So
0: an imperial pint glass. Okay. So, so there we go. So, okay. I think we just totally nerded
1: out on beer glasses I, i'm actually enjoying this you are you totally are. <laughs> fanboying right now I, I totally, uh, <laughs> i've never actually seen this side of all the right game. so i interrupted our
0: uh, our description of the next so, uh, lone
2: pine beer so this one you know I, I i debated whether or not i should bring it because it's it's xythophile it's our xythophile series so it's our single hop series which we typically do with rare and odd hops and uh we usually stick to American or Australian, New Zealand type hops because they're zesty, they're floral, they're fruity, they're what you want in a, in a single hop IPA. This time I went kind of against the grain, and I said, all right, this, this is a German hop called Mandarina Bavaria, which is getting a lot of press with some with some other breweries. They, they like to mix it with them, but we use one hop and a very clean malt bill, just American two-row malt, and uh, it turns out German hops don't make a, a decent single hop IPA. So... That's the risk you have with the with the Zythophile series. It's it's not going to be a terrible beer, but you're going to see what this hop has to offer. What does Zythophile mean? What does uh, the word it's mean? It's just beer geek for beer. <laughs> it, well, it's it's geek for beer lover. You for know, it's, beer it's lover. some okay. sort of internet slang. So if you're a
0: Zythophile, you're a beer lover. Basically. Yes, that's right. All right. So I've had the Zythophile Ella, Correct. which was yeah. an American IPA. Uh, actually, had it at House of Blues when I went to see Trombone Shorty. What a great show! Woot, woot. yeah that drama is awesome yeah uh, and i was thrilled because i'm usually not as impressed with their beer menu as i was that night when they had that but uh, they <laughs> had that available uh, but
2: it was really good this though
0: completely different in flavor profile yeah
2: as you'll notice you know so this is a noble hop noble hops are european descent hops They're, they they have none of the characteristics that created the american craft beer industry through cascade which is the zesty citrus floral type mm-hmm. Supposedly, this was supposed to have some of that. This has yes. yeah. yes. almost
1: a spice to it. Yeah, almost a spice. So there's no
2: citrus. There's to me, it tastes like. There's, it's, on the nose, a, it's, it's overbalanced. As a, a cardboard, almost melon, a lot of melon in the in the nose. Uh, yes, very, yes. And I get a little
0: of that on the finish too. A little melon on the finish. Yeah, as well. and
2: then the, it's got good hot bite for bitterness, but it doesn't have much citrus stuff. Or a little bit of orange, a little bit of tangerine. But uh, honestly, this this one, I don't think uh, Noble Hops make a good zythophile. And I just wanted to make, would confirm that. and this, <laughs> no, this
1: that, is, but, this doesn't have that middle profile at all. It's all uh, like right up front, and then bam, aftertaste. And there's like almost nothing in the middle of it. It's not really a bad tasting drink. It's fine. It's drinkable, but it's not. Is,
2: I appreciate that, it's but I don't, I don't think, it, I don't think it's a very good beer. Um, on the lighter side, though, um, it's not a horrible beer, but we're going to... We've, we've teamed up with the BBRC here in Houston, which is the, it's the Bayou City Rowing, Rowing Club. And uh, we're donating the profits to these to this batch, both batches, to their cause, and it's uh, to help underprivileged children in Houston. So. I,
0: I am just fascinated that we have a guest on the program who actually said, yeah, I don't think it's the best beer. Like, that is so cool to
2: me. Uh, I was sitting
3: over here thinking, I like, very w- bold move there. Sir bringing in a beer there, that there you're some, saying you don't yeah, think
2: there is great. Yeah, there's some confidence <laughs> there that you got uh, to love. Yeah. I, yeah. I, it's honesty, you know. Honesty is the best policy, I think, you know. Uh, so that's the thing with the Xythofile series is we know that not everyone's going to be a winner. Well, we just will, want you to know what this hop has to offer well, for we, us and for everyone else. That's, well, let that's let me what's just say, the goal there.
0: Yeah, let me just say, and we're going to take a break and be right back with yet another... Uh Uh, Beer to sample, but uh, your beer that uh, you think is like, you know, didn't work as well as the others, beats the hell out of a lot of beers I've had from companies that will say, this is our greatest creation, and I'll just leave it right there, you know? That's, I mean, Thank This you. is this is better than all kinds of ideas that I've had. <laughs> yeah? So, all right. We're going to take a break. I'm being a fanboy, I know, but, you know, I get to. Uh, you're listening to Smoking and and It's craft beer and uh, distilled spirits and hand-rolled cigars. We're going to talk a little more about cigars coming up. Plus, if you live in Raleigh, uh, North Carolina, I have something you must not miss tonight. I'll tell you about it coming up. Welcome back. It's smoking and toasting. We are brought to you by our fine friends at B and B Butchers and Restaurant, eighteen fourteen Washington Ave in Houston. Opening soon in Fort Worth, Texas, and uh, soon to uh, take over the world, I think, because that's 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 what they do, and they've got the bacon to prove it.
1: So bacon. As yeah, yeah. if the bacon isn't good enough, then they put a bunch of blue cheese yeah, and right. then the truffle. It's oil like, oh come stuff on! Yeah, on. it's yeah, you, so
0: good. It's, it's just. It's beyond description. Beyond description. So um, if you are in Raleigh, North Carolina, and I know we have listeners all over the world, so perhaps someone is. Um, I got something for you. I hope you're enjoying, first of all, Raleigh Beer Week, which is going on this week. And I really hope you're going tonight to something that, honestly, if I could get a flight and get there in time, I would do it. It's donut and beer pairings tonight in Raleigh for Raleigh Beer Week. That uh, the whole, the, sounds entertaining. Yeah, the whole event's an eight-day festival that brings 40 breweries and bars and bottle shops together in a toast to the rich beer culture of the city. And it goes on through this coming Sunday, rare keg tappings, beer dinners, special releases, all the stuff you would expect from uh, from a beer week in a city like Raleigh. But among the highlights are several barrel-aged tasting around town and a pairing of four duck donuts. I don't know what that is, but that's probably just because I've... Never spent time in Raleigh. I don't know. With four donut-centric beers. And it's going on tonight at 6 p.m. Raleigh time at I've seen is
1: it Rogue that makes the voodoo donut? Is yeah. that the, the one? <laughs> I, think, I think it is, yeah. It's, it's definitely worth picking up to try. Right, but I don't those... know that it's a I'm going to sit and drink a whole bunch of it kind of beer. Well, you know, we we try a lot of beers like that on this show. Those beers that are like, I'm so glad
0: we tried this. I really enjoyed it. It was great on all these levels, but I'm not going to be stocking my fridge with this anytime soon because I don't need more than one of these, yes, you know? Yes, yes. Uh, and that's that's what, you know, it, the show is, is fun in order to be able to do that, but the stuff I get the most excited about is the stuff where I can go, guys, if you like this kind of beer, go get this because it's awesome.
1: I, I'm in a, uh, a brew club, and I'm going to use air quotes on that. Uh, I'm in a brew club called CCSD. We're more of actually a drinking club with a brewing problem if you will. Um, but one of our events that we had just within the club one night was uh, one of our members came up with a junk food and beer pairing. Oh, nice. And so it was like one of my favorite ones was a, a Belgian triple paired with the uh, the, the McDonald's McRib. <laughs> That just kind of stuck in my head because it went oddly well together. I was going to say, how did
0: it work? Was it great? Oddly well. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. That's that's perfect. Yeah, I think I think that's something that we'll be expanding on on the program as we you know move forward into our sort of like uh, uh, sophomore season here is pairings. Everybody loves pairings of some kind or another. Like that's you know whether it's food pairings, cigar pairings, whatever it is. uh, yesterday, uh, yesterday's show we did a, a whiskey and beer pairing, so yes. that was that was that was really fun to do. So I'm uh, I'm on the lookout for cool pairing ideas. So stand by, we'll be doing more of that. So Trevor Brown is here with us. Trevor is from again. I'm I'm just I will totally admit to being a fanboy of this <laughs> uh, of this brewery. I love Lone Pint out of Magnolia, and he's brought us some beers, several of which I have not <laughs> tasted before, and this one that he has just poured us is. Nice and dark and chocolatey looking. Uh, Trevor,
2: what is this? This is our Undead Head Ed. It's a robust porter with ghost chilies in it. It's spicy.
0: Undead Head Ed. Correct. Is there an Ed that this is named after? Yes.
2: Ed Condon is the creator of this recipe. He's a local guy uh, who brought us a bottle one day. He's probably the best home brew I've ever met, and he said, "Hey, try this." And we thought, "Wow, this is incredible!" So
1: um, I have to make it once a year. The spice in this is in the right spot. It co- it sneaks up you a little bit so later, right. and it's just—it's subtle. It's spice, and it's just there enough to go. Hey, I'm here. It's not enough to make you go. I don't know. Like this is really interesting. Like the aftertaste on this is fantastic. So I want to get
0: back to Ed in a second, but let's let's talk about the spice because I love spicy foods, but generally I'm not a fan of the beers that have spices or chilies or things in them because I've just never felt like it really was what I wanted. I want to eat spicy food and then I want to wash it down with. So a more refreshing type of thing. But this spice
1: works differently. I like this. I think the inherent problem with most spicy beers yeah. is that the spice is so up front. Right. And then once you take a sip of the beer and the spice is up front, there's nothing to wash your mouth out with. Like unless Perfectly you just close. eat a yeah. cracker after it or something right. like that. <laughs> like, what are you gonna Have some do? Milk, you know? But this doesn't hit you the same way.
2: No, it doesn't. That's right. So that's the beauty of this beer we think is it's got a lot of caramelized roasted malts in it that really make a nice robust porter. And then we just added just enough ghost chilies to add a little, because ghost chilies have that fruitiness that habaneros have, you know, the little tropical fruitiness. Yes. So you taste that on the back, and then the spice hits you in the back of the throat, and then it starts to burn your lips a little, but it's not a gimmicky beer where it's just can't drink right. it because it's super spicy, but you do taste that in the background. It, it kind of complements the roasted malt. There's a
1: jalapeno beer that came out in Houston a couple years ago that um, I bought because it, it, was, it was interesting. It was a jalapeno beer. I said, I thought I'd try it. And I didn't really enjoy the beer itself when I drank a glass of it. And I gave it the whole glass. I said, you know, I'll try the whole thing. What I did find, though, is that particular beer was great for cooking brats in. <laughs> I bet it was. <laughs> like, well, There's I, always a use. You know, I grew but up, this is very drinkable. I
0: grew up in South Texas. And so I've been eating Tex-Mex food most of my life. And I love hot and spicy food. However, I will say this. And this is regards having lived up in New England. Like I'll say the same thing with regard to like bu- uh, buffalo wings, for example. I don't need to prove anything by how hot the food is, and so I don't like when the heat obliterates the other flavors. Yeah. I like the heat to complement the other flavors. And this is one of the first spiced beers, if if or, or uh, peppered beers, I guess you could say, uh, that I've had where I feel like the The pepper spice really complements the beer, instead of obliterating the other flavors. You can taste the malt and the caramel in this, and they don't get wiped out by the fact that there's a chili flavor in there. Really interesting. I'm, I'm, uh, I'm really impressed. I know that surprises you, Ian. Why did I wear a white shirt? Yeah, <laughs> I do it every time, my friend. That's why we do the Facebook Live thing, so people can see us. Spill stuff on ourselves. It's I'm pretty good part at it. of the entertainment. So, uh, but I know it surprise you that I like this, but I do. I, I can't stop drinking it. To be honest mm-hmm. with you, it's interesting. Is this available uh, only part of the year? Is that right? Is this seasonal?
2: This is brewed in the fall, also, just like poaching a hip. Wow! Uh,
0: and how many uh, barrels of this will you brew?
2: Thirty. Thirty. Wow!
0: So. It, I guess I have to like I'm such a fan of your beers that I'm sort of getting this education that you're actually a smaller brewery than I think you are.
2: You know what I mean? Oh, for sure. We brew probably more barrels per square foot than any other brewery in the United States. Per square foot. I mean, <laughs> wow. I can <laughs> say part. that because our building is extremely small and you got you can't even get a forklift through the fermenters. You know, it's, <laughs> it's, it's it's we have tall fermenters, small metal building. It's an old metal building. It's not pretty. But uh, we do a lot. How many
1: people do you have working there?
2: We have seven permanent, uh, besides my sister and myself, we have seven permanent brewers, uh, assistant brewers, and three salespeople.
1: You've got a family operation going on there. Correct. Nice. So
2: you've started this thing from, you know, initially
0: in a garage, then moved it to Magnolia. You've had major, like, sort of um, rave reviews for how strong the product is. You're getting it out there and at least... From where I sit, it looks like it's selling about as fast as you can put it on shelves. So it's it's doing very well in terms of Yellow Rose, and you have more coming. So where do you line up on the whole question of, like, big brewery versus craft brewery and, and buyouts? Because there's two, there's two great arguments. One is that what you're doing at Lone Pine is the way it should be, and it's real, and it's authentic. And that's what crap brewing is supposed to be about. And once you get bought by the big guys, that kind of flies out the window. The other uh, argument is, hey, just because you get acquired by somebody, if you're continuing to make beer of the same quality, why does it have to be something that beer lovers can't still enjoy with a clear conscience? So if somebody came along and said, hey, you guys make great beer, we want to buy you, is that, is that something you would entertain?
2: You know, everyone has a price tag, but honestly, the reason we started this brewery is because we love the industry. And right. We want to be in the industry. We want to be part of the industry. We didn't want to make a lot of money. Making money is a good byproduct, and that's fine. We just love being part of the industry and making beer and hosting Saturdays with live music and a food truck and people enjoying it and having a good time. And I love taking people on the tours and talking about it and getting people that are interested to talk about it. I have three boys, you know, 10 and younger. My sister's got a daughter who's 10 years old. So we honestly, we just would like to pass it on to them. That's our, our that's our goal.
0: I love it. We're live at the New Potato, and uh, we are really enjoying this conversation. I'm really enjoying this conversation. And we'll be back with one more beer and I think one more cocktail. Is that right? Yes, sir. What are you making for us in the last uh, segment? I
3: believe we're going to go with the Basil Gin Smash.
0: Ooh, that sounds that sounds awesome. awesome. <laughs> I like it. We'll be back with it in our final segment. It's uh, show number 58. It's smoking and toasting. Welcome back. It's smoking and toasting. This is the program that's all about craft beer, fine spirits, and hand-rolled cigars. We are doing show number 58. Now, I had initially uh, planned to title this show Best IPA Ever. But we're actually not even, like, <laughs> tasting the Lawn Pie. But that was my... And you know where that came from, by the way. That originated... That whole style of saying it that way originated with the comic book store guy on The Simpsons. Right. Yeah, because he would say... You know, worst episode ever. That would be his, ever, his yeah. thing. So, uh, so that's where that whole thing. And you see it like it's all through pop culture now. But, uh, but I do think that about the uh, about the Lone Pint uh, Yellow Rose. And yet we're not sampling that. We've sampled several other things, and I'm glad actually. We're. I've got a question for you. Yes. What are you smoking right now? I am smoking one of my uh, actual go to cigars lately. It is the Casada Oktoberfest I bought a box of these. This is the 2015 the Das Boot, which is a torpedo. Das Boot, I, I love the boot, name yes. of it, uh, which is named after the you know the submarine uh, Das Boot, the submarine, which is yes. the big the uh, the big historical submarine. But uh, I love this cigar because it's got such crisp and spicy notes to it. And it stands up pretty well against uh, anything you want to uh, pair it with. So it was wonderful with the old-fashioned, and it's actually worked with every single beer that we've tried, even, to my great surprise, the beer that we just had, which was the porter with the uh, with the, with the chilies in it. Like, I couldn't believe that that didn't knock the cigar off its course, and it really didn't. The, the smoke is great. I'm I'm enjoying it so far, paired with everything. What about you? What are you smoking today? This is
1: a C-L-E, uh, and I'm probably going to pronounce this wrong, but Azabash.
0: Azabash. I like that.
1: A-Z-A-B-A-C-H-E, maybe? I think that's Azabash-y. the superhero who stood Azabash-y. in for Batman when he got his back broken, but I, I might might be off a little bit. of <laughs> It's a great cigar. I hadn't tried this. I was recommended this cigar, I think, when we were at... Um, I think I picked this up when we were at uh, uh, the uh, the uh, uh, what did the man cave. The man cave, yes. Yeah. Thank you. Uh, when we were at the man cave last time, and I picked it up, and it's been sitting in my humidor since then. And it looks so good, but it was one of those that looks so good. I thought maybe that's a special occasion. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and today's a special occasion, so I figured I'd bring it out yeah. and have it. And it's great. It goes really well with everything we've had so far. It's a big, full Maduro. Um, it's got big, full, like everything you'd expect in a Maduro, and complexity on top of that. So it's got the coffee and the toffee and the and the uh, and it's matching up pretty well. Yeah, it goes with everything. I like least. I've had several of them. They've all been very. This is the first one I think I've had. Yeah, I'm I, I like quite impressed more. with
2: it. Trevor, what are you smoking today? Uh, I can't remember what Ian gave me, but uh, it was tasty. Oh. <laughs> he had a.
1: <laughs> I recommend he had a uh, Padron 1926. Oh, dude, you give out the good cigars yes, to the yes. guests. Yeah. I just I recommend it. I said you can have any one of these, but I recommend that one. He he went for it, so I think yeah. you
0: gave me a villager handmade last time with the guests the guests that roll in get the uh, get the <laughs>
1: Padron <laughs> Anniversario. I see. Here's I see here's a I swisher do. for you. Yes. that's right. <laughs> no. I'm smoking uh, you didn't Mar- Marble pack a Marble Gold, yeah, from
0: from saw Morris. I saw that <laughs> don't
3: smoke kids. Cigarettes are yes, terrible. Yes.
0: I, I, I will say in defensively, and he has given me some amazing cigars. He is he is not, uh, not in any way one of those guys that won't share the good stuff. Uh,
1: Matt, what are we about to drink with this?
3: Okay, so in front of you is our Basil Gin Smash. Uh, a smash is a classic cocktail, gin, lemon, sugar. Uh, I've added basil to this and a firewater tincture.
1: Holy Toledo.
0: Can I just point out, by the way, that during the break, we actually looked over and saw him plucking fresh basil uh, leaves from a plant that lives behind the new potato.
1: Just just past the new potato sign there. I don't know if you can see this on the on the Facebook Live, but those are plants. That was a basil plant. He just picked the basil off. Dude, How That's many right.
0: bars can you go to where your bartender plucks the basil fresh to
1: put it in your drink? It's, it's I'm not one sure. thing if you just went to the market and got some fresh basil, but when you, actually,
3: when yeah. you actually tend the plant yourself... Uh, when i was a uh, a server in mexican food restaurants uh i you know run up to the table with a basket of chips sorry guys i apologize it took a minute uh, i had to go to the back and you know grind the corn myself and make mm-hmm. these <laughs> chips for you and but this time it's it's literal like we grow fresh basil it's, here it's like I said for earlier real. i like whole ingredients you know and you can smell it right on the Absolutely. nose is,
0: But this is a really fresh leaf yeah. basil now you know what's
1: interesting about this too is we just had a beer that had the uh had the spiciness on the tail and this has the same kind of spiciness on the tail and it's just right at the aftertaste well, the finish, yeah. right on the finish absolutely
3: of it. so you get uh, it's so refreshing though. yeah it's the uh the firewater tincture that gives it that heat it's a habanero tincture uh just two dashes in there and um it's i i fell in love with uh with the firewater tincture i found it at shout out to another bar here in houston the moving sidewalk those guys are great um and they had it in a drink and i was like this is the jam i would
1: love to say that we matched the beer the cigar and the drink and the uh cocktail up intentionally but that's pretty amazing that sometimes it all happens <laughs> it really that way is.
0: i am just so shocked at a cocktail that can be that spicy and that refreshing at the same time right wow
2: yeah i mean i have to say this is probably the best cocktail i've ever had well it's, thank you very it's, much wow. it's delicious the basil and the the, the the spiciness from the chili complements the gin so well. It's it's perfect. Too. It
1: really leaves your mouth wanting more of it too. It's like that's so that's, true. Yeah, it's like I need another sip of I've, that. I've
3: had to warn people like it's such a refreshing, tasty drink, but you don't want to take big gulps of it because that heat will get to mm-hmm. you. You mm-hmm. sip it, and the heat lingers on the back of your palate. It's nice, and the gin and uh, basil and lemon are able to kind of quench that, so it's not a real burner. You take a big gulp of it, you're going to choke a little you bit. Can it'll light your it'll throat kick up. You. Yeah, it'll for kick sure. You there in for the in sure. the throat.
0: Well, that is so refreshing and so delicious and yet so spicy. And, like, that's, you know, again, like the comment that I made about Tex-Mex food. That's what you want is you want the flavor and the spice. Flavor first, spice yeah. to accentuate yes, the flavor, absolutely. yes. Absolutely. Uh, well, that's that's fantastic. So that's kind of been the theme of the show today, other than my overt fanboyishness, has <laughs> been uh, the, the spice and, and, and how it can work uh, right? if it's balanced properly, right? That's been that's been awesome. We're so, going to
1: have our after show special where we play Giant Django. By the way,
0: <laughs> there is a Giant Django game. We're sitting here Jenga. looking at it back in the uh, back in the backyard of the New Potato, and that's uh, that's pretty exciting. So, uh, Trevor, we have one more um, one more beer from the uh, the amazing Lone Pine Brewery in Magnolia, Texas. And uh, I was going to ask him what it is, but he's actually grabbing it out of there. So, uh, Ian, what's been your favorite so far? Uh, you know, so
1: far uh, the porter. Yeah, I had a few. I'm I'm a big fan of porters. Anyway, I saw you go back for the second pour. I did. I went back for this, and it's so odd that it goes so well with the cocktail. (laughs) Even (laughs) I love it. I love it. So all right, right,
0: Trevor, what are we going to be uh, sampling here in our final, uh, our final beer sample for this show? This
2: is our double IPA called the Jabberwocky. Ah,
0: yeah. So it's
2: it's our strongest beer that we make regularly. Eight and a half percent. 114 IBUs on paper. uh, Columbus. Centennial. So I think you mentioned during.
0: Citrus, sorry, I think you mentioned during the break um, how big of a fan you are of the six six seven, which is the um, which is a little bit stronger IPA than uh, than the uh, uh, the yellow rose. And you were you were thinking it would be your flagship, and it turned out the yellow rose wound up being being the flagship. That's right. Yeah. Uh, so this one would be a step then beyond the six six seven. In terms of its intensity and its uh, its punch, correct?
2: Correct. So, yeah, this is a much stronger as a double IPA. So it has much much higher bittering and flavoring profile and uh, a lot more alcohol and so, and different malts.
0: So when you go for a double IPA, are you thinking, let's just establish this, you know, really bold hop uh, flavor? Or are you still really trying to strike a balance because the other two that you mentioned are so balanced?
2: Well, we're always trying to strike the balance, you know. If you do it on paper, you want your grain to bitterness ratio to be similar, but with the double, you can't really do that unless you're making a barley wine. So, double IPAs are usually skewed toward bitter. I love barley wines. Just, wine. just Sorry. by the, what they are. And, wow! Uh, yeah, I, uh, I, I do as well. This, this is
1: this, uh, well, I love big beers in general. This is a big IPA. It's, it's uh, pretty huge. It's got a pretty good balance. It has a little dankness on the flavor that I kind of enjoy too. There's a little bit of that. I don't know if that's the the hops that you're finishing with or what it is, but it's really really nice.
2: Thanks. Yeah, no, it's, the dankness probably come from the Columbus. It's very rustic hop. A lot of people don't appreciate Columbus. I think as much as they should. Uh, it's because it's not as clean. Maybe the uh, as maybe the word citrus and centennials. D-
1: maybe the word dank comes across a little wrong, but it's it's just it's a darker hop flavor. It's not uh, it's not bright citrusy. It's it's more of a darker, warmer hop flavor. If that makes any sense, more floral in some ways, uh, or earthy even, to some degree. I don't know if that... Uh, but dank is what the word that comes to mind, but well, in a good way. Dank is actually the new hot word. I don't know if you uh, know this or
0: not. I like, have no idea. That is totally... No, I'm serious. <laughs> That's the new hotness? <laughs> that is totally the new hotness. So is, Ian's is cool dang. now? Yes. Oh, so crap. Ian, how did I trip into being cool? <laughs> Ian has somehow stumbled onto coolness in a way that that <laughs> makes him so much cooler life. than if he had tried to do it that way on purpose. Uh no, you're you're absolutely right. And what I really really like about this beer is it's hop forward, but the finish is still really clean, and the bitter doesn't like hang with you for a long time. It it's there, you feel it, you recognize it, you enjoy it for what it is, and then it kind of fades on you. Which is I I don't know how you accomplish that. Again, it it's got to be just about balancing the hops, and it's got to be all experimental, right?
2: Sure, trial and error. That's what we yeah. did in the garage. That's how we got these recipes set. You know, it's... I said my day job's engineering, so numbers are my game. And so I, I love sitting down and just starting to do a lot of new recipes. So it has to do with ratios with bitterness and malt units. So it's... You just got to make sure... That's a tick. good beer. I like and it. And then you really tweak beer. it after the first couple of batches. I might like really that good better
1: good than a Lone Pine. Sorry, the Lone Pine.
2: then the Yellow Rose.
1: Yellow Rose, sorry.
2: Yeah. Uh, I... I, see, I do the same thing as you. I think of,
0: I think of the yellow rose as Lone Pine. Right. Uh,
2: That's what we're trying to get away from. We don't want to become a Yellow Rose Brewery. That's right. why I didn't bring it today. I so totally <laughs> no,
0: I totally understand that. Like, I get it. Well, what you have brought is this really awesome cross section of beers that is uh, very, very impressive. And uh, you know, we are almost out of time on the show. I did want to ask you, what is next? You have future plans things we should be looking for you mentioned six six seven uh,
2: coming out in bottles and which other one you, uh, well jabberwocky six six seven, and okay. uh gentlemen's relish brown ale okay so those Got those it. will be out next month uh, the other thing that we have in the plans is opening a beer garden next door oh, to, awesome. uh, to our facility How so time to go to magnolia my friend you know.
0: yeah let's 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 make a journey that sounds awesome uh, i love it well we sure want to thank you for being on the show we're Obviously, a big fan of your beers. It's nice to hang in uh, and smoke some cigars with you, and marry this up. And also, big thanks to the New Potato. Thank you for Man, being here. These cocktails are fantastic.
3: So. Excellent. Glad you
0: enjoyed it. I think we have to come back for another cocktail special. Yes, that. that's right. All right. Thank you, everyone, for uh, hanging with us for the second big show this week. It's Smoking and Toasting live from the New Potato. And uh, cheers.
1: Cheers.